This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Joyce Teal, a senior health correspondent with The Straits Times, and this is Health Check, an ST podcast series on health matters. Today, we're going to look at how parents of special needs children can avoid burnout. Children with special needs are those who require assistance for their condition. These conditions vary in type and severity, and they can include autism, cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, dyslexia, dyspraxia, ADHD, blindness, deafness. So my guest today is Dr. Lim Honghui, an epidemiologist and a developmental pediatrician who has two children with ADHD and mild autism. She founded Caring SG in 2020 to connect caregivers of special needs children. Hi, Dr. Lim. Thanks for coming on Health Check. Hi, thanks for having me. So, Dr. Lim, before we start, tell us what's the biggest misconception that people still have about caring for special needs children? I would say, firstly, the misconception comes from understanding what is special needs and uh, disability. Uh, For example, a lot of people think about special needs or disability as someone who can't walk, can't talk, can't see. Um, But nowadays, if you look at the bulk of special needs, it's actually um, autism or children with learning problems. So um, these are what we call invisible disabilities. So when caregivers bring them out, you can't really tell that these children are different or have special needs. And uh, when the children misbehave in public, then they will misunderstand the caregiver as not being able to teach their children well or can't control their children. So I think therein lies a lot of challenges for a lot of caregivers when their children have invisible disabilities. So this would be what you mentioned would be a common challenge. What are the other challenges of a caregiver of a special needs child? Um, There are three main areas. I would say firstly is the acceptance and understanding of the public and the community, as well as from family members and friends. The second area is about um, knowing how to take care of your child because every child is different. Something that works for another child with special needs may not work on your child. So for the caregiver, they really have to understand their children well and then um, learn all the different techniques, which is quite a challenge for a lot of parents. The third area is in the area of self-care because we have to look after the kid, we have to work, And then we also have to manage the family and all the other um, demands of life. So it's really very hard to find time to look after ourselves and we end up burning ourselves out. Yeah. You know, what what can actually friends and family do to help someone with a special needs child? I think firstly is um, to offer a listening ear. Often caregivers have um, a lot of emotional um, ups and downs and being there as an empathetic listening ear is very important. Um, And whenever you listen, you try not to jump to conclusion or say, oh, poor thing or, um, you know, or try to offer solutions, but rather just be there, you know, and um, try to help the caregiver to to reflect and to think through and give her space, give her time to grieve um, because special needs parents often go through what we call a cyclical grief cycle. Um, they, they, you know, they may go through acceptance for a while and then they uh, get up and then uh, 
work on their kids and then something happened and then they grieve again and then it goes through the cycle throughout their life. So as friends, I think, and family, it's good to be understanding and um, be there for the caregivers. And also second area, uh, maybe logistic help, uh, just um, because a lot of caregivers will need things like um, extra time to fetch your children up and down from therapy and things like that. Um, some of them may have special meals, special um, allergy, then um, logistic help will be much appreciated. You mentioned the understanding. I was just thinking, I mean, I was looking at the online, there was this article about the writer was saying that there was this child, right? He's fascinated with the bells and then he kept pressing it in the bus. So are there some common examples that you can share? Like, you know, for instance, in this case, what should people be aware of and what can they do? Maybe ignore the child? I think we, I often hear examples that uh, caregivers um, share in some of our caregiver chat groups. Um, they get complaints from neighbours um, or people in the community when the children make too much noise or they move their furniture around and the neighbour downstairs will complain. Um, some of the children may have a lot of emotional uh, struggles and they may scream and the neighbours will call police. <laughs> And I have a number of families where the police come a few times and then the police um, may not be entirely, um, you know, cognizant about special needs as well. So um, some of them are very understanding, but some of them may not know. So then it gets to be very difficult for the family um, to try to explain to the neighbours. And yeah, so I think really if... If you think that your neighbour has special needs children, um, please be patient and understanding. And uh, sometimes when things go wrong, do forgive our children and give them lots and lots of grace. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Dr. Lim, actually, on the topic of helping parents of special needs children, would you say that some of the difficulty stems from the low awareness that some people have about these children? Like apart from self-stigma, there's also the stigma imposed by society that these parents may have to deal with? Yeah, there's. A, I think it's, it's a two-sided problem at least because um, when, the com- when the caregiver perceives that the community is not understanding and um, not able to help, then they try to do everything themselves. So then when they try to do everything themselves, they don't dare to ask for help or, or feel too angry to ask for help or too afraid to ask for help. Then they start to burn themselves out. So if the community can show more understanding and be more helpful and more forgiving, um, caregivers may be more encouraged to step out of their shell and uh, reach out for help. And when they do, and they do receive help, to be encouraged to do more of that um, help-seeking. So I think it's a two-sided thing. If the community can be more helpful, it will certainly help the equation. And certainly caregivers uh, need to also reach out to fellow caregivers so that you can learn from other people's positive experience and then learn how to seek help in a positive way. Yeah. Well, that's why you set up Caring SG, right, in 2020, is also to connect caregivers, right? Exactly. So tell us, was there an event that actually drove you to, you know, set it up in 2020? As I shared in the launch um, event for Caring SG, 
Caring SG was born out of three things. The first thing that happened was COVID pandemic. Actually, um, a lot of the caregiver leaders uh, who are the founding community for caregiver uh, Caring SG, we have been having caregiver support groups, the informal WhatsApp, Facebook group for maybe eight years, 10 years, some even 20 years. But we never got round to come together and become an alliance because we always felt that we we're too busy. But when COVID pandemic happened, a lot of um, caregivers were cut off from the mainstream services. And some of them even uh, went through very difficult times. So um, we, we realized at that time that some of the caregiver support groups starts to mobilize within themselves and say, OK, this mom had a stroke. So uh, he, she needs someone to um, help her to buy groceries. She needs someone to help fetch the girl to... Um, for some uh, appointments, and they start to help each other. And there was a time that I realized that, hey, if we caregivers come together in an organized fashion, we will be able to help more people in a more systematic way. And if we get support from the community partners, we will be more effective. So together, we can do more. So I would say COVID pandemic is the, the, the event that really make me and, and the one, the founding community of caregivers to start Caring SG. Apart from Caring SG, right, what other resources are there for, you know, a parent who is really stressed and, you know, taking some time out every week may not do much at that point? If you go to SG Enabler's um, Enabling Guide, you will be able to find a page where they talk about disability support, what are the different services. Um, so you can find the resources there as well. And you can also go to uh, Caring SG website, of course, because we put in lots of resources there for caregiver members. So from there, you can learn how to better take care of uh, your child. And we have monthly webinars, right, to uh, talk about effective caregiving. Now, to, in terms of self-care, again, SG Enable has an enabling guide that have a section that's dedicated to caregivers. So they give you the caregiving resources there. Um, uh, even caregiver support group, there's a whole list of, I think, 35 or 36 caregiver support groups. You can just click on it and it'll take you to the Facebook page or the uh, website. So uh, seek out caregiver support groups. Uh, if you don't know where to go, join Caring SG will help you to find a support group that matches your preference. Yeah, so, so please do take time to take care of yourself uh, because only when your bucket is filled up, then you can fill your children's bucket. So Dr. Lim, can you share your own personal experience as a mother of three children, right? Two of whom have uh, mild autism and uh, ADHD. How, what are the common challenges and actually yourself, how do you avoid burning out? When I first had my child, um, in, she is 19 years old this year. So I noticed she has a delayed development when she was about 18 months. Um, and I was very lost even as a pediatrician because um, you may know all the theory about child development, but when it comes to your own child, um, how do you handle the day-to-day -day when she doesn't want to eat? What do you do um, when she doesn't want to go to the toilet? She refused toilet. You know, there was one time she even... Um, when I was toilet training her, she, she hold her pee for eight hours and then after that, she just let go. And it was so hard because um, you try all ways and means to help your child, but you go through this cycle of repeated trial and error and failure. So it's very discouraging. 
Um, so I would say it is really tough to to be a special needs mom because you may have the knowledge, but it is the real life day to day living that you have to continue to apply and keep keep persevering and never give up. Um, and when my second child came along, um, or rather my my third third child came along with um, special needs as well, I think there was a time that I, I really realized that I need to set aside time for myself. Um, because uh, my first child, um, I did everything I could, all the different kinds of therapy. When my second child came along, um, I tried to meet both their needs. And when the third child came along with special needs, I had to give up my job because I really couldn't um, maintain this kind of uh, a lifestyle. So when I give up my job, um, I thankfully for, because my husband was very supportive, I could find time to um, look into my own emotional needs. So I deliberately set aside time for myself, for me time, and I will say respite. So um, I will block out at least half a day of the week to say this is my time. Uh, usually when the children are in school or in, 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 you know, when they're having tuition or whatever. And this is the time that I wouldn't think about what I need to do with the children. I do something that I enjoy because I need to fill up my emotional tank. I need to feel that I still, I'm still alive. I still need to do things that I enjoy so that I can still look forward to the next day. So I think a lot of caregivers forget to do things that they enjoy. And I think that is one key step that uh, every caregiver needs to do to set aside time for yourself to do something you enjoy so that you still feel that you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We always hear that, right? Yeah, but that's uh, something that people sometimes forget to do when you're so busy. Yes. So that's very important. That's a good reminder, actually. Mm. Right. So is there something that you think society, you know, like we can do something to make the society a better place for special needs children? Oh, yes, definitely. So uh, as I mentioned, if you are in the public and you see a mom who is maybe struggling with a child who probably is having a meltdown. So the first thing is show respect. Huh? So don't take pictures and put it up on social media, but rather respect that uh, she's having a difficult time, uh, perhaps stay around and, and, and see what she needs, um, be observant. I always say, look with your heart, you know, if you're in the same position as this mom, what do you think you need? Maybe this mom is carrying heavy stuff, then say offer helping him to carry things for her. Um, because, you know, when kids are struggling, you have to carry heavy stuff, you have to pull the child, it's quite difficult. So maybe if she needs a helping hand to carry heavy stuff, if she needs your, your help to wave, uh, call the bus, you know, then help, help her with anything. So sim just simply ask a question, what can I do to help? You know, don't ask too many questions or, or, or give suggestions because uh, this mom is trying to look after the kid. So don't expect her to entertain you as well. Um, secondly, please go and read, watch videos and, and things like that about how to interact with people with special needs or disability. There are a lot of videos about how you can guide someone who is blind, right? There are also videos about how you can push a wheelchair. There are also videos about how you can interact with someone with autism. So, so do educate yourself through all the resources. And the last but not least, volunteer. The only way that you can really learn how to help someone with disability or special needs is to share time with them. 
volunteer so that you know you, you share activities you know do things together with them and when you interact then you learn be their friend come into the lives of special needs families then you will be able to help them so what were what are some tips that you would give to parents of special needs kids don't give up yeah don't give up um there's always a better tomorrow you don't have to do everything yourself ask for help reach out to other fellow caregivers because when when you see how they overcome their challenges you feel you will feel encouraged so continue to persevere to understand your child understand yourself continue to adjust and it will be a journey of growth eventually if we take it positively so to sum it up the journey is long but it can be a sunny journey if you let the sunshine in thank you for your time dr lim and for those wonderful tips today thank you well that's a wrap for health check a podcast series by the straits times don't forget to subscribe to us for free on your favorite smartphone apps apple podcasts spotify or google podcasts search for straits times health check like us and give us a rating thank you for listening That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O.